This is CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring you today's best mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with W.L. Ripley, the author of, among other things, Storm Warning. Rip, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Stephen. Tell us a little bit about Storm Warning. I started reading it a few days ago, and it's absolutely right in my sweet spot for for crime fiction. It is uh, tough guy fiction, a great sidekick, everything someone like me wants in a book. So uh, tell the listeners about it. Well, it's about the the main character, Wyatt Storm. This is the fourth Wyatt Storm. In fact, I'm working on a fifth one. He's a... He's kind of a recluse. He was a f- football player. He walked away after the greatest game he ever played because he really didn't like crowds. He didn't like. He didn't want to be known for being a uh, superstar as much as he just liked playing the game. So he's got. He keeps two places: one in Colorado, one in Missouri. He owns some land in Missouri that was the scene of a Jesse James robbery, and a uh, a producer and director in Hollywood wants to shoot a Jesse James movie. On that site, Storm's kind of reluctant, but his best friend, uh, Chick Easton, who's kind of a, you know, flat-out crazoid, but really, <laughs> really fun character. A fabulous uh, character. <laughs> thank you. And he he's going to do bodyguard for the star of the movie, uh, Cameron Fogarty. Cameron Fogarty is a jackass, and nobody likes him, but he, you know, people will pay big money to go watch him. He's a big star, but he's got death threats. And when they start, when they start uh, working on the set, they find out that the only people that don't want to kill Cameron Fogarty are people who've never met him. <laughs> so it me- makes their investigation tough. But while this is going on, <clears throat> there's a man, as man that years ago that uh, Storm had run into, that uh, really would like to uh, kill Wyatt Storm, and mm-hmm. he's stalking him. So they got to keep an eye over his one shoulder. To see who's after him, and at the same time, they've got to protect Fogarty. You said this is the fourth Wyatt Storm, and I, as I understand it, the first three are probably going to be re-released through Brash. Is that a true statement? That's true. Uh, they've all been hardcover. Uh, this will be the first time that the first three Storm books uh, will come out in uh, paperback and online. Uh, this, the uh, Springer series that I wrote, Cole Springer series, they're all online and hardcover. And uh, paperback. <clears throat> is there a, is there a uh, a release schedule for the first three of the um, of the storms? Uh, the Hailstorm will come out in May, I believe, the fifth of mm-hmm. this year, and then three months later they'll they'll fall like that. They're supposed to all release by the end of the year. Okay. And then we'll try to release a uh, fifth storm next year. And maybe a, a fourth Cole Springer next year. Uh, this, I have not read any of your Cole Springers, but if they're anything like uh, the Wyatt Storms, I, I know that I would like them. They're a little different. The Wyatt Storms written in uh, first person, mm-hmm. point of view, and uh, Cole Springer is written in uh, kind of an omniscient point of view. We go and you get inside everybody's heads, uh, which just gives me more freedom to write and storm, uh, storm. Whereas he's reclusive. Uh, Springer's and man gets out and sees things in in the uh, modern American West. So they're a little different that way. And uh, Springer's more of a loner, whereas a storm is just, you know, he's got a sidekick. All right. I heard something shaking off to your side. Is there a dog by your side that's. Yeah, uh... that's. He's, he's with me. He's with me 24 7, except when he's asleep. He's, <laughs> never, he's always there. 
Talk for a minute about the the love interest in Wyatt's life, in, in at least in this book. Okay, well, Sandra Collinsworth is Wyatt Storm's girlfriend. It started off; she was just a local. Uh, she was a local worker, a reporter in Kansas City, and she's progressed in her career. She's taken off, and now she works for Fox News out of New York City. They were engaged, and now it's in a state of flux because she lives. She's got to be in New York a lot of the time, and that's the one thing Storm can't do. He cannot live in the big city. He's done it. He doesn't care for it. She has offered more than once to live where he lives, but uh, the way he feels about it, he's taken something away from her. He knows that she's good at what she does, and he doesn't want to, her blaming him 10 years down the road, even if she never gave it utterance that, uh, <clears throat> that it bothers her. He's monogamous. Uh, it's she's the only one for him. He gets tempted, you know, in the books, but uh, it's his one. It's his one true love, and uh, he sticks to her. Now, I'll, I'll tell you something that I, I I'm older. Uh, for people that don't know that don't know me, I'm 58 years old. I've been reading crime fiction for a long time, and when I started reading this, I don't uh, maybe 15 percent of the way through. Travis McGee popped into my mind, and that was before I'd done any research on you and seen that other reviewers had said the same thing. Uh, Travis McGee is my all-time favorite crime fiction character. I just think that's a, an unbelievably good series, and I, I was kind of tickled that other people saw the same thing I saw. Have you ever read the John D. McDonald books? Um, just all of them, just about three <laughs> times each. <laughs> yeah, I love I loved John D. McDonald. At one time, he was considered the greatest living American author. Uh, just Travis McGee's just a fantastic character, and that's uh, a lot of the inspiration for uh, uh, Storm because he's not a detective, he's not a cop. Neither one of them. McGee is just an adventurer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Storm is just he's just a guy who seems to attract trouble. And he's a tough guy, and he has his own code, and it's just there, – there are a lot of similarities there. And uh, I just uh, – I really enjoy this. I really enjoy this book, and I'm looking forward to going back to the beginning and reading them in order, which will be really fun for me. Well, if you read them in order, you'll see how it progresses to where he is today. Uh, he starts off he, in, the, in the next book, Hailstorm, which is a uh, first time it's been in paperback and in online, is he'll meet Chick Easton for the first time. Okay. Now, Storm, Storm needs Easton. Storm is, all, is a thorough, you know, Walden-type character. He just He's not going to get out, and he's not going to do anything if, it isn't, if you don't have Chick Easton there. Uh, it's kind of like the same kind of deal when you got Archie Goodwin and Nero Wolf. Mm-hmm. Nero Wolf would sit in that brownstone all the time, drink beer, play with his flowers, eat, wouldn't do anything if it wasn't for Archie Goodwin. Chick Easton goads Storm into doing things and get really basically puts him in situations where they have to react. Because Easton is a guy who doesn't sit around, he doesn't wait, he has no moral dilemmas, whereas you know, Storm's got a bunch. He's a very moral man, and uh, Easton, being a, uh, a CIA agent at one time, an assassin, uh, he didn't have any compunction about anything. Well, my first exposure to Chick Easton in action was um, a scene at the where they're filming the movie where s- some guys came in to cause some trouble, 
and he got involved, and it was just, it was a great scene. Oh, yeah, he's, he, the very first scene, I don't want to give anything away in Hailstorm, but the very first scene that he, he just tells, swore, he tells in Hailstorm that's coming up in May, he tells Storm all these things he's done, and and uh, Storm's kind of like, yeah, I'll bet, you know, you're, you're full of it, I'm just giving you a ride, and then he sees him, what he can do, and Storm's not only impressed, he's shocked and surprised. Uh, he doesn't look, uh, Chick Easton doesn't look like somebody, if you just saw him, just looks like a guy on the street. But he's a man of action, and he can do a lot of things. He's uh, uh, he's a punctuation mark with legs, is what he is. <laughs> That's a good line. All right. So when you came up with these characters, was it with the intent to build a long-lasting legacy character? You know, Wyatt Storm seems like someone that could go on a long time. Yes. Yes, it was. And I, I thought about it for a lot of years uh, before I did it. In fact, his name changed and I had some other ideas. Uh, you know, John D. McDonald, speaking of him again, he says, you'll never be a writer unless you've written 10, 100,000 page books. Well, so that's 200 some pages. And that's that's 10 before you even, you know, mm-hmm. get something published. Well, I've, I've written a lot of stuff before the when I wrote the first White Storm, I had written other things. Nothing happened, nothing happened. I decided to write White Storm, and I sent it out. I mean, it, I wrote it wrote real easy, Hailstorm that's coming up, uh, and everybody wanted it, which was really unusual. I was used to getting those rejection notices. Uh-huh. But uh, I had four people wanted it right now. In fact, uh, Little Brown and Company hunted me down. I was in Orlando, Florida. In a motel with my family, we were going to Disney World, and they found me because my nephew had been going to my house picking up my mail and answered the phone. So what happened? Why why did Wyatt go away for a while? You know, that's a funny thing. The industry changes from time mm-hmm. to time, and uh, <clears throat> there was a time when it just kind of just couldn't seem to get anybody interested in it, so I changed it over to Cole Springer. He hit right off the bat again, and he, he got going. And, uh, you know, I had some other things on my life. You know, when I was, uh, even when I was writing, I was working first. I was working as a, uh, before I hit, I was working as a uh, college basketball coach. And that's, that's 90 to 100 hours a week, 365 days a year. Uh-huh. And I had four kids. I said, I can't do this. So I quit. And I became a high school principal. Well, that's only about 60 or 70 hours a week. But I was getting up at 430 in the morning get ahead of the game there. And I was writing in the mornings, writing every Saturday and Sunday. I didn't golf for years, and I loved to golf. That's, I got in that habit and got to writing. And uh, Cole Springer came along and hit it. There's some other things that happened there for a while in my own life that uh, I couldn't foresee, and it just took up all my time. But uh, since I've retired, I retired three years ago after 37 years in education. Mm-hmm. I, I even taught at universities. Uh, since I retired, I've written three books now. I've got two more uh, books of different characters, plus working on a storm and, and have a Springer in development. In which job did more people dislike you, college basketball coach or principal? <laughs> well, it depends upon where you are. If you happen to be, in, have to be on the road in uh, Alabama playing Troy State, uh-huh. or you happen to be in Hawaii, more people hate me there. You know. Uh-huh. But uh, as a principal, just in your own town, there's there's a, there's a real club for that. You know, we, we hope he dies in a in an auto crash fan club. You know, people call you up and give you crap all the time. I was on a, a national radio program once, and they asked me why would you. Uh, you know, how could a person who's an educator and a, a school principal, 
write, write this stuff's kind of violent. I said, I have a lot of repressed anger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're, you're a guy who obviously loves the genre. Who are some of your favorites? Oh, well, of course, you mentioned Johnny McDonald, Robert B. Parker. God bless him. He used to write to me. He's a fine gentleman. I hate to see him go. Ace Atkins, who took his place, has really done a great He's job. He's doing a great job with those. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, I love James Lee Burke. Uh, probably as, as good as anybody, probably somebody I like more than anybody is Elmore Leonard. I love oh, Elmore Leonard. Oh, yeah. I hate to see him go. Mm-hmm. We lost Parker and Leonard, you know, in the last two years. It's just awful. It it really is. And I don't know. I, I just feel bad for people that are in their 20s now that won't go back and read things that are 10 years old because they're 10 years old. And there's just all this great crime fiction back there from you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. That's just fabulous stuff. You know, that's the thing about, you know, Goldberg and Goldman have come up with this brass books. Mm-hmm. I've read about seven or eight of them. And some of this stuff is fantastic. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, such a great business model they've come up with. And you're not going to find two better guys than Lee, Gold, Lee Goldberg and Joel Goldman. They're, they're having too much fun to be doing this well. <laughs> well, it's great that there's somebody doing it and bringing, <laughs> bringing this stuff back and, and, and just exposing it again because it's fabulous stuff. Oh, it is. And it's just, I, I've read so much stuff. I've read you know, uh, Robert Kreider and Kakanis. I've been reading everything that they've put out. They've sent me stuff to read. And it's just, you're right. Nobody will go back and look. If they would, it's just, it's a treasure trove of that stuff. And yeah. uh, like I said, Ace Atkins is keeping uh, Spencer alive. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody would have kept McGee alive. And sometimes that doesn't work. And if the person does a good job, like when Ian Fleming died, uh, a lot of people picked that up, but mm-hmm. it was never the same. And I don't. I, you know, I guess if someone could do Robert Parker, someone could do John D. McDonald. But I don't. To a certain extent, I'm almost glad they didn't because it, you're forced to go back and reread the originals, which are still pretty darn good. Yeah, and uh, McDonald was very unique. Uh, his style is very, very unique. Uh, I don't know how to how to describe it. It's just it's just very masterful. He's a great he's a great storyteller, great plotter. Uh, <clears throat> but you have to get inside McGee. I would have trouble. Doing somebody else's stuff, I really would, mm-hmm. because uh, it's hard. You're almost like you're tracing the outlines of something, and something I don't think I'd ever want to do. And it's there's no freedom in it. It's to a certain extent, it's a thankless job too, because I, people love what Ace is doing with the Spencer books, but I can't remember who it was that picked up the uh, Jesse Stone series in the beginning, and uh, that was not as well received. <laughs> No, it wasn't. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, well, and but Ace has got another series. He got Quinn Coulson. Yes, he does. Quinn yeah, Ace Coulson. is Ace is just a great writer. Yeah, he is really. You know, I remember when he was a kid and started out, and he's just really he, he's so prolific. Some of those guys are Elmore Leonard just put stuff out so fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the thing about Elmore Leonard that did it was very unique. And it was a uh, it's he's almost like a he's like Hemingway. It's what you leave out. Right, right. But what Leonard, Leonard did was something similar to what Mark Twain, how Mark Twain changed Western literature. Leonard writes like people talk, and, and his narratives just like people think. People don't think 
and grammatically perfect sentences. Mm -hmm. They think in broken sentences, broken thoughts, and they speak in broken sentences and broken thoughts. And his cadence is, somebody else could write the same thing. It just wouldn't sound the same. He was that good. Yeah. Just think of the number, you know, thousands of of crime writers that have studied what he did and tried to emulate bits and pieces of it, and you just can't do it. He just had something that was unique to him. No, it, he he had it down, and just I don't know I don't know how you'd ever uh, how you'd ever emulate it. He's just he was the master. If you take a look at his movies, the movies that were great and that made it were mm-hmm. the ones that didn't change the dialogue. Right. The ones that thought they had to change the dialogue in the story, they were those movies are terrible. That's a great point. Well, we're talking with W. L. Ripley or Rip, the author of Storm Warning and three other, soon to be four other. Wyatt Storm books, and that's S-T-O-R-M-E. Correct. Uh, I'll have links to the books. Um, Rip, what's the best way for people to keep up with what you're doing and your books and everything? Is there a website, or is it Facebook, or how do we follow you? Well, I I have a W.L. Ripley page on Facebook and a W.L. Ripley page on Amazon. Uh, I've got my son administers both those, and he keeps everything updated. Okay. I really need to get a Twitter account, and Goldberg said get a Twitter account. I'm kind of uh, techno- technologically challenged. I'll, I'll get on that probably. This is, like I said, this is my wife's Skype. <laughs> but they didn't keep up like that, and uh, we, we update those things. The Facebook page, pretty much something every day about what's going on. All right. I will link to those in the show notes. Rip, it was great talking with you today. <laughs> Hey, you too, Stephen. Thanks a lot. I enjoyed it. This is Stephen Campbell for Crime Fiction FM. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.crimefiction.fm. If you did find us on iTunes, please do me a favor and leave a rating or a review for the show. It will help other crime fiction lovers discover the show. Thanks for listening.